Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I'm so excited because I have been wanting to dive in on this topic of nutritional therapy for ADD and ADHD. And I just love the way God works and when he does his thing because I was, um, I was looking through my nutritional therapy practitioner group, as I often do. It's a wonderful resource. And in that group, somebody had asked um, something pertaining to, to this topic and, and brain health. And my guest today, Holly Carter, um, answered and chimed in with some really great, practical, hands-on information. And I just had that feeling right when I saw it. I was like, that's it. That's my person. And so I didn't know Holly personally. Um, even though she's a nutritional therapist, I knew that, but I didn't, I didn't know much else about her. So I popped over to her Facebook page and the first thing I saw was a Bible verse. I was like, all right, God, I hear you. So um, I messaged her and asked her if she'd be willing to come on and join us today. I think I caught her kind of off guard, but she so graciously accepted and she is here. Welcome Holly to the Christian Health Club podcast. Thank you so much, Chelsea. It's really, it's really going to be a great discussion, and I'm really hopeful that it'll help a lot of people facing yeah, the same I'll, situation. I know it will because I know this affects so many people, so many families, and um, and it's really wonderful that we can use nutrition to help support the body, and um, and you know a lot about that. So before we kind of dive in specifically on that topic, give us um, some background on how you became a functional nutritional therapy practitioner um, who I know you generally specialize in brain health. Um, ADD, ADHD is one of the things, but in general, you specialize in brain health. How did you get here? Give us your background. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's kind of a long and winding uh, journey to get to this point. Uh, basically, uh, just the 30,000 foot view is that I was an engineer. I come from a long family of engineers. My grandfather, my father, myself, my sister, and our daughter, all engineers. So we love gathering data and solving problems and implementing solutions and, and things like that. And I did that as an engineer for General Electric for 17 years. Uh, but then um, uh, God, I felt God was really calling me to leave that career in 2000 to homeschool our two kiddos. Um, our daughter was six and our son was two. Um, and I did that for 13 years and taught them at home. and. When our son was getting ready, our youngest was getting ready to head off to college, I decided to go back to school. I, I could have 
gone back into the engineering career, but really uh, I, I wanted to learn more about the things that I had experienced during the 13 years of teaching our kids at home. Um, we faced a lot of health situations, um, pretty critical ones that I really, that were all brain related. And uh, they really, I really felt they were a threat to derail my kids' futures. So I just kind of tried to do it on my own um, during those 13 years of teaching them. Um, but I wanted, after having come through that, to supplement that actual experience with some formal training. So I went back to become an FNTP, um, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, to kind of enhance what I had experienced so that the ultimate goal would be then to help anybody else that might be facing the same things that we did. Um, mm. So anyway, like I said, we had, we had lots of issues that we faced um, and, and like a lot of other people who start out in one direction but ultimately find themselves in the healing profession. Um, you know, it's just about to help others go through what you went through with a little more ease. So I will say, um, you know, full disclosure, um, that both my kids, despite going through all the tough stuff that I, uh, that we'll be talking about, they are uh, happy, productive young adults. Our daughter's uh, 26 and uh, she's currently working as a full-time engineer and just went back to get her MBA at the same time. Um, and our son has also been really successful. He's finishing up his senior year in college um, and is in the Honor Society for his major. So ultimately, um, it's my hope you know, that our discussion is encouraging and will give everybody listening hope for the future if they're experiencing something like what's not going quite right um, in either their brains or their children's brains that they, if they're dealing with ADHD, you can come through to the other side. Well, tell me, let's, let's rewind a little bit. You said that you felt God calling you to leave your engineering career to homeschool. Tell me more about that. Yeah, that was a wild ride. That was totally unexpected and completely a God thing because I was, I really loved my engineering job. Um, but I had, uh, let me back up a little bit. We, we had a little blip uh, early on after our daughter was born. She had a hole uh, in her heart and she needed open heart surgery when she was two. And that experience really reprioritized my life. Um, uh, when I had to hand our sweet little girl over to the surgeon and I wasn't sure I was gonna get her back, I really suddenly realized that the 50-hour work week um, and the time that I was spending away from my family really wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Um, so I wasn't willing to quit, but I also wasn't willing to go back full-time. So I asked them if they would allow me to work part-time. And I did that for about four years. Um, and in the meantime, I uh, had our son and we were just doing our thing. But one day, a friend of mine who was planning to homeschool her kids mentioned to me that there was a homeschooling convention in, in town or coming up. 
And while I wasn't interested at all in homeschooling, I figured that I would just go check it out, um, see if they had any books, because our daughter, who is now six, just loved to read, and I figured that would be a great place to get maybe some really wonderful books for her. So I went to the convention, looked around, and they did have a lot of great books. Uh, so I got those, but I had lots of extra time on my hands during the day, so I decided to sit in on one of the talks that they were having. And while I was waiting for the speaker to begin, um, I started thinking about the following year when I would still be working part-time, but we would probably be putting our, our son into preschool. Uh, he was two at the time, but the next year we, he would be off to preschool. And I, I started thinking about what should I do with some of the extra time that I was going to have away when he was away at school. And the first thought I had was that I could partner with Project Literacy and, and help people learn to read, because uh, I too love to read. Um, and it's just a skill that you know you need to have to be successful in life and hold a, hold a job and that sort of thing. It could really impact their life if they didn't know how to read. So I thought I, I might do that. And then I thought, well, I also really love working with kids, though. So maybe, maybe I could rock premature babies at the hospital, show them God's love. Um, and then I thought, well, if I couldn't do either one of those things, I could always just volunteer at our church and, and help them in their mission to tell others about Christ. So, uh, I, but it was that instant that I had that, finished that last thought um, that I heard a very clear, distinct voice say, why are you looking to serve me outside your home? And I was just stunned into, I just sat frozen, like I just oh, couldn't even move. <laughs> I kind of just sat there and looked a little bit to my right or left, like, did you guys just hear that? You know? Um, oh, no. So, oh, no, just no, me? No, just me. Okay. <laughs> just me. Yeah, it's meant for me. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I kind of had an inner knowing that, okay, I think this means that I'm supposed to be homeschooling, but I thought, okay, wait a minute. Um, Maybe could this have been from my thought, my perspective? Did I create that thought or that 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 voice? Um, and I and I thought, no, I, I couldn't have because think about it. It said, why are you looking to serve me outside your home? That's third person. If it had been for me, I would have said, why am I looking to serve God outside my home? But that that wasn't mm. what it was said. That that wasn't what I heard. Gosh. Um, so the, the second thing uh, that I kind of came to the conclusion that that wasn't something I had created in my head uh, was because actually I really hadn't been thinking about serving God, uh, you know, and he said, why are you looking to serve me? And I, I was just thinking about how to serve others. But, you know, we, we all know that in serving others, we actually are serving God, but that wasn't, that wasn't my perspective at the time. So that was kind of a new thing that I realized, okay, that didn't come from me either. And the, the third thing I realized um, was, even though the voice hadn't said, you should homeschool, I, I knew that what it meant. I knew that actually God, who else but God could have put the three desires of my heart, the things that I was thinking about, teaching people to read, working with children, you know, I could, I could rock my own babies instead of 
babies in the hospital and, and I could teach them about God, you know, I could spread the gospel. Those three things were the things that I was thinking about and all of those things um, could be accomplished if in my own home, if I left my engineering career to teach the kids. So in that instant, I knew that that was what he was asking me to do. And, uh, you know, it was pretty exhilarating. Uh, I often say it's like it was the easiest hard decision I ever had to make because uh, it, it, I knew it didn't come from me. And normally from the outside, you know, people looking in, they'd say, oh my goodness, what the, what are you doing? You know, this is a, this is like a, a whiplash moment here, you know? Um, but I knew that he had called me to do it, absolutely. And I knew that he would provide whatever we needed to, um, to do it. So needless to say, I, when I went home that night, I, I told my husband, I, I think I want to homeschool the kids. Um, he did that kind of like, uh, you know, deer, what? <laughs> deer in the headlights look. Um, you know, he said, I, 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 I thought you were going to just go get some books. You know, I said, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I did too. I, I thought that's what I was there for as well. But I told him what had happened. Um, and he said then, right, he didn't even think about it immediately. He said, who am I to stand in your way of doing something you feel God has called you to do? Um, so we got to work figuring out how to pull it off. You know, I had about four months over the summer to investigate curriculum and figure out how to work the finances. Um, because even though I was working part-time, I was still making about 40% of our income. Um, but, uh, and if anybody's listening to this and thinking about uh, leaving the workplace for one reason or another. Um, I did get a book that I thought was very helpful from Focus on the Family. Uh, it's called Women Leaving the Workplace. And it really helped me kind of step through what I needed to do to, to be prepared. But bas basically, bottom line, God guided me through it all and provided what we needed so, uh, so we could dive in. And in 2000, I left, I left GE and engineering um, to start a new chapter, but I really didn't know why. I had really no reason to know why God had asked me to do it. I just knew that I, I wanted to do it um, and step out in faith. So, uh, but it wasn't until about four years into homeschooling, we we're just doing our thing, uh, when I started to get maybe an inkling as to why God might have called me to teach the kids at home because uh, I started to realize that both of our kids were experiencing some brain health issues, um, one of them more than the other, but I definitely needed to reach back into my problem-solving engineering toolbox uh, to help figure out some of those brain, brain health issues. What kind, what, kind of, what kind of brain health issues do you mean? Well, um, I started noticing that our, our daughter would often make a lot of um, kind of mistakes just um, she just wasn't paying very much attention to the detail um, and she also started to exhibit some tendencies toward anxiety and that primarily showed up as test anxiety or performance anxiety um, you know I would give her I would give her a test and say you know a, a math test and say she had half an hour to do it and she would I knew she knew how to do the work um, but because I had this I'm sure she was hearing this clock ticking in her head, you know, um, because that extra stress of the time test, she just would do, make really funky mistakes. Um, and so I, I decided, you know, 
I can just not do. Um, I cannot time the test. I'll give her more flexibility and, and things like that. And she just, without that extra burden of the stress of the time test, um, she was able to, to do well. She really didn't have any, any educational issues, so to speak. So she, her anxiety and, and um, you know, some of the paying attention to detail, all that stuff really kind of, she flew under the radar. Um, and she always did really well and I had to stretch and challenge her. But it was the, you know, the stress type piece that was really um, causing her some difficulties. Um, so she didn't really have the learning dis uh, difficulties, but her anxiousness. You know, she, had a, she had a specific type of ADD and she eventually was diagnosed with that later. Um, uh, what it didn't happen until high school when she was diagnosed with the inattentive type of ADD. And she was able to, to uh, she did go to high school uh, outside. Once I finished homeschooling her, she went into high school. Um, so she was able to take advantage of the learning accommodations, like longer times to take the tests and finish papers. Um, and, and her grades were already really good, but then she, she got straight A's once she, once she was able to take advantage of some of those learning accommodations. Um, on the other hand, our son wasn't so lucky. Uh, and he, even though he'd start to read, to read at four years old, he, by six he really wasn't progressing well. And it was hard for him to pay attention um, for very long. He was very distractible. And he really struggled also with anything having to do with holding a pencil. You know, like writing his letters or even just coloring. Uh, he just would put his head down on the table after a few seconds of effort and you could just physically see it was just draining for him. Um, he also had lots of other behaviors um, that I not then come, came to learn that it, they were related to sensory kinds of issues um, and they were getting in the way of his ability to learn. So uh, I made a list and, and brought all this up to our pediatrician. Um, and after she reviewed the list, um, she felt he had something called sensory processing disorder. And you could probably do a whole podcast on that, on that issue alone. Oh, yes. <laughs> my, son, my son has that. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. yes, I am familiar. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So I'd never heard of it at the time. But now I, I know that it often occurs along with ADD diagnosis and learning disabilities. They often are what they call comorbid meaning that they just, they just kind of occur together. So that, that can be a real challenge, right? When you're just, when you think you're just dealing mm -hmm. with ADD, but you're really not, you're also dealing with often the sensory processing issues and some learning disabilities. So um, anyway, she- can you, can you just give a couple examples of, I, there's different types of sensory processing mm -hmm. disorders, yeah. um, but what, for what was your son experiencing? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. There are some that are sensory seeking and some that are um, sensory avoiding, really. Um, and he had more of the sensory seeking, but he still had some of the other as well. Um, like he would, he would bang into things a lot. Um, he was, he would hug people really hard and walk really hard on the floor. Um, he would, um, he would be hypersensitive to pain um, in a lot of instances. So again, the, you know, all of these different kind of senses coming in from the outside. He, he would break his, the lead on his pencil a lot uh, because he didn't know how hard to push 
down. He would push too hard or, or not enough. And that same thing with walking really hard on the floor. I think he, he needed to get that feedback from the floor up through his body. Um, he, he would get overwhelmed, you know, a lot. He was, um, you know, like I said, easily distracted. Um, one of the things he was very oversensitive to the smell of peppermint. Uh, he would, it was just like a, a fight or flight thing for him. Um, so that was one of those sensory avoiding kind of deals. Um, but he would get really, you know, overwhelmed in a, in a, uh, an environment that was, um, a little more chaotic. Like if we go to parties, um, I'd be looking for him and he would have removed himself from the situation um, and just gone to play by himself in a room. Um, so again, some of these sensory things, hearing things, seeing things, it would just be overwhelming. Um, uh, did, your, did your son have any, I know this is for a lot of people, have any difficulty with food? Um, you know, he liked really crunchy uh, foods like um, uh, pretzels or like hard crunchy rolls, even frozen waffles or sticky foods. Um, he liked his food plain. He didn't really want them to touch. <laughs> uh, he liked to eat them separately. It was hard for him to button his or eat with a fork and knife or button his buttons, tie his shoes. So he had um, difficulty with that, difficulty with direction right and left. Um, rarely put his shoes on, on the right foot. Um, he was clumsy a lot, spilled, you know, things. So it was just, it, it just added a complexity to the, to, to the teaching part. But that was the blessing of homeschooling mm -hmm. for us because I could spend time doing the different sensory diet that they, uh, uh, the book called The Out-of-Sync Child has a lot of, of wonderful recommendations for things that you can do with them to try to help um, just try to help overcome some of these sensory issues that are really getting in the way. Um, so and when you say sensory diet, we're, we're not even talking about food yet because mm -mm. I've read that book. And when you say mm -hmm. sensory diet, we're, we're yes. not even talking yes, about yes, food exactly. yet because I've read that um, book. You, know, you mean more like activities, jumping right? Jumping on, on a trampoline is very helpful. Um, right. uh, he really liked the comfort of being really tightly uh, held. So we would tuck him in really tightly at, be at night at bed um, or we would wrap him up in a, uh, a blankety kind of thing um, and... Um, it was we called it a burrito and you know it was just um it was oh those were kind of the things that the out of sync child had in it that as suggestions to especially the tight feeling something tight around you is is very calming to the nervous system it just kind of makes people feel safe and calm and so you know kind of like weighted blankets have oh <laughs> it's kind of like weighted blankets have really had this thing lately. They've, you know, um, been really popular, but that it's, it's that, right? I mean, that's really what it is. It's that, um, that calming effect that it mm -hmm. provides. But for somebody with, um, absolutely. And we did have a, a weighted blanket. They're not, it wasn't at all like the ones that they have now. They've really perfected those. Um, but yes, that was, it just gives a sense of comfort and calm. So, and that's what we needed to do, especially with him, uh, because 
you know, at the same doctor's appointment, the pediatrician gave us a questionnaire. I wish there was a blood test or something that could be a little more definitive, but basically it was a questionnaire to determine um, if some of the things that I was telling her really sounded like ADD, but anyway, we filled out the questionnaire and yes, he was diagnosed officially with ADHD, the hyperactivity piece. So that's, that's why a lot of the calming things that you can do were, were helpful for the hyperactivity piece. So anyway, when, when I asked her at, the, at, the, uh, mm. at our appointment, you know, what, could, what I, could I do to help him, um, the only option that she offered up uh, was that we could try Ritalin. Now, this was like 15 years ago, and so hopefully the health professionals are a little more aware of the power of diet and lifestyle um, uh, and how it affects ADD, but back then it really wasn't wasn't discussed and maybe she didn't you know really know much about it so she really couldn't offer it up but um, I did decide to, to try it um, I was hesitant and I mentioned to her look we homeschool and we can take frequent breaks uh, he doesn't have to sit and be quiet in a more traditional learning environment so I don't think I really need to do this but she said you know it can't hurt to try it just try it see if it helps him so I think the you know it can't hurt to try it piece um, you know, I, I decided to give it a go. So we did try it and, um, and I, I'll say the first day that he took the medication, he had a huge boost in his ability uh, and desire to learn. He went from typically reading about five pages of a Dick and Jane book um, before it got just to be too much for him. He finished the whole book, which was about 50 pages, um, and he wanted to read more. Um, so here I'm thinking, oh, baby, we have found the answer, you know, Whoa. <laughs> holy grail here. Oh my um, God. <laughs> but, but I will also say that after that, yeah. after that very first day, uh, that I think his brain got this, this chemical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it was too. Um, he never Jolt. experienced that quality of a boost again. Um, but it, you know, it did seem to improve his ability to learn and pay attention longer. So. I thought, okay, well, well, we'll try this, and I wanted to give it a, a good try. I wasn't going to just do it for a few weeks. So I, I figured I'd try it for a year um, and just see. And after having more experience uh, with the medication during that year, I came to realize it really wasn't, and for us anyway, it really wasn't uh, the harmless thing that I was hoping that it would be, that there really were lots of concerning side effects. Um, so uh, I really felt that the side effects greatly outweighed the educational benefit um, for us. And one of the primary side effects that he experienced was that he really stopped growing uh, and uh, you know, his height and weight. Um, he was seven at the time, so it was just really important that you know, he grow. He just wasn't ever hungry because the Ritalin depressed his appetite. Um, he was also really argumentative when the drug started wearing off in the afternoon. Um, and if anybody wants to look that up, it's called officially called bounce back. Um, so it's kind of hard to live with after you know this roller coaster ride of of, of chemicals. Um, and he started having sleep problems. Like he would uh, sleep walking. He would grind his teeth. You could hear him grinding it from across the room. Um, he uh, started wetting the bed, and he also had stomach aches. Oh, and gosh. you know he just wasn't he wasn't the same kid. And so all of that was just, that wasn't at all um, 
didn't outweigh the little bit of benefit that we were seeing. So we weaned him off of the Ritalin and she, she told me about something else called Stratera. So we tried that for about 10 months uh, and we didn't see any educational benefit whatsoever with that medication. So definitely that was kind of a no brainer. Um, it's kind of sorry I lasted for 10 months on that one. Um, but uh, so it was about, about also around this time that I sought out an official evaluation of her son's learning um, capabilities with a clinical psychologist. Um, and he had been, he diagnosed him with, officially with dyslexia, which is uh, difficulty in reading, and dysgraphia, which is difficulty in writing. So now we added those two to his ADHD and his sensory processing diagnosis. Um, so we had four at this point, and we were, as we were weaning him off of the stratera, he experienced probably the most serious of the brain-related issues that, that he experienced, and that was that he started to develop seizures. Um, I, they would come on mostly around the time he was, he was falling asleep. Mm. Um, you know, he would be asleep just a moment after he'd fallen asleep, and his eyes would open up, and he would breathe really fast, and you know, shake a little bit, and then, and then he'd close his eyes, and he'd go back to sleep. And then a few seconds later, same thing would happen. And that would happen all night. Although I did, the engineer in me really came out. I started documenting the pattern of this, these seizures. And they would you know, start out every few seconds and then they would extend into every one, every five minutes. And then after about two hours, they would go away. So I think he was probably going into REM sleep or deeper sleep. Um, anyway, all that to say, um, we were afraid his brain was suffering, could be suffering damage by that. So um, we did an official sleep study um, at a children's hospital, and sure enough, he he was, they had many seizures that night, and they were able to see them and document them and diagnosed him, um, you know, with epilepsy or with with seizures. Um, and so they prescribed two anti-seizure medications that they said he absolutely had to take for two years before they would ever consider taking him off of them. Um, so before I go on, I just want to make a, a quick comment for, for people about seizures. Uh, if anybody's thinking about doing a Ritalin and, and some of the other stimulant medications, because getting back to the, the thought that, you know, it can't hurt, um, there are warnings about the increased possibility of developing seizures um, in the list of the packet insert that comes with the Ritalin. And it does say in there that it can reduce the seizure mm. threshold. Now, um, I did not, I feel badly about this, I did not read through all the detail of the package insert. Um, and I relied too, <laughs> I know it. I relied too heavily on what the doctor had Most people said don't. and how, <laughs> uh, I knew it was pretty common to use this and all that sort of thing. And, couldn't hurt to try it, but um, even if I had, I probably wouldn't have even understood what they meant when they said it can reduce the seizure threshold. But I now know that it just means that it increases the possibility of having seizures. Um, and I looked into it a little bit more because I wanted to understand more about the why behind that might be the case. And I found that 
Ritalin um, tends to lower the mineral status in the body, um, especially sodium and potassium. And those are the minerals, um, all the minerals are like the spark plugs of the body, but <clears throat> they create and regulate the electrical systems in the brain and the body. So it makes sense that if you're depleting that, and let's just say you're already low in it, um, uh, that you, know, you might have these erratic electrical signals going on. Um, but anyway, so it was at the point that he had the seizures and we were on some seizure medication that I realized I'm, man, this is up to me. I have to figure out how to help him in a more healthful way. Um, not, not a medication, not, not something that would maybe give us some superficial benefit, but really dig. I had to, I had to, you know, he needed me to fight for him <clears throat> and to, and to do that, that deep dive. Um, into anything, anything, everything that might nourish his brain to help it function properly. And so my primary focus at that point was to just, my primary goal was just to have him be seizure-free um, after the two years were up and after, you know, we, I would be asking them to wean him off of them so that we could see if he could be seizure-free. So, <clears throat> you know, not that the other things took a back seat, but basically I was just looking for something that could really help with the seizures. And then if it could help with the ADHD or the sensory processing or the dyslexia, the dysgraphia, then that would be, that would be great. We could take those five birds out with the one stone. So anyway. So what did you, what did you start with? So what did yeah, you, yeah, so I, um, the first thing that with? I did, um, when we, when we got when he got the initial diagnosis of the ADHD, so while we were doing the Ritalin too, I I did want to try to supplement um, and try to help boost you know some of their both the kids' brain um, brain health. So I just did a standard multivitamin and figured I would um, just kind of cover my bases with the multi, um, as well as omega three fish oils. Um, I had done some research and I came across an Australian study that showed that uh, three grams of fish oil a day had the equivalent effect as Ritalin. Um, so even though he was on the Ritalin, I also had him on the three grams of fish oil at the same time. Um, and we continued to make fish oil a primary nutrient um, from, from the time he was six until he left home from, for college. Um, but another thing that I had read about, um, and I even attended a conference on, uh, was that many kids with ADHD or ADD and sensory processing disorder uh, are drawn to the combination of wheat products and dairy products. Um, I think probably all of us love those kinds Healthy of foods, stuff. right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're all drawn to that. Absolutely, yeah, and this say, is why. I think all of because us are, yes. The wheat We're protein, all drawn the to that. <laughs> and the dairy protein, the casein, uh, when they combine, they have an opiate effect in the brain, um, and that's why they're these feel-good foods. They just boost our feel-good neurotransmitters. Um, you could think about how you feel when you sit down to a bowl of mac and cheese, or cheese pizza, or grilled cheese sandwiches, or cheese and crackers, or even cereal and milk. Um, you know, they make us feel good, but it commonly causes really massive internal inflammation throughout the body and the brain. Um, and 
those those two foods were my kids' favorites, uh, especially his. I think he could live on bread and milk uh, alone. Um, but in all forthrightness, I was too intimidated to try to take them out of our diet. Um, so I just I just thought ah, I just can't I just don't think I can do that. But I did do in my process of research um, found that digestive enzymes might be helpful. Um, and I had read the book Enzymes for Autism and Other Neurological Conditions uh, by Karen. I'm looking at my my book shelf here. Karen DeFleece, D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E. Anyway, um, you know, she was talking about how with her two autistic kids that enzymes really helped uh, their countenance and their ability to learn and things like that. Um, and so I was hoping that if, if part of the problem was that he didn't have what he needed to break down those two components, the bread and the milk, um, that maybe these enzymes could do that. So <clears throat> I, um, I decided to give him enzymes, um, but we still were eating uh, dairy and, um, and bread. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I mean, this is like, this is the real, mm -hmm. I mean, this is like, this is real, oh, yeah. real deal stuff. I mean, so this is all before you went to nutritional therapy, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. school. It, but I mean, I feel like this is mm. so many moms, mm -hmm. like the thought it of is. taking the foods out, like when that's all your kid eats is so overwhelming yeah. that you just, you know, so I, I mean, I appreciate that, mm -hmm. that honesty yeah. and, and, and yeah. how you're going to bring a, this that's all a together. Big, that is a big it's piece just, of the whole thing. Um, you know, I would, I did a little helpful. bit okay, of, I kind of played at it. You know, I switched from regular milk to, I don't even think back then they had like, they don't, didn't have the almond milk or all of that. They had rice and soy. Um, and the, the bread products, um, that they had back then were pretty much like cardboard, but now, they have lots of different options that are, that are at least more tasty. Not necessarily that they're great because there are a lot of simple mm -hmm. carbs, but you know, um, if it comes down to it, um, they would they would be better than feeding the people the uh, your kids the the gluten, uh, which is just a common irritant. The gluten and the dairy and soy and corn and you know, uh, sugar, mm -hmm. all those things really do damage to the the, the gut, the digestive system. So. Um, but you know, once our, our son was diagnosed with the seizures, so that's what I was doing. I was doing the omega threes. I was doing the multi. Once he was diagnosed with seizures um, and put on the two seizure medications, I ended up adding lots and lots of B complex to the to the multi and the fish oil uh, because the medications that he was on just made him almost impossible to live with. He was super grouchy, he was irritable, he was unable to control his temper. Um, and at the follow-up checkup with the, the um, one of the hospital people, um, psychiatrist, I guess, um, or neurologist, I guess, um, I, I mentioned to him that, oh, man, this is just, it was so hard to, to live with him. He's just totally different on these medications. And he said, well, you know, there's no, not been any studies to prove this, but many other parents have told me that vitamin B6 had been helpful in counteracting the common side effect um, of this grouchiness, and that I should shoot for about 100 milligrams a day. So 
I did that. Um, and I mean, I, these little B vitamins that I had to give him eight a day and I would just plunk them into his mouth, you know. Um, but it completely resolved his grouchiness. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, really? Yeah, oh gosh. You know, B vitamins, I just call them happy vitamins. Really? They, it really, it really counteracted wow. the, the medication side effect. Um, he's back to being his sweet self. So I, you know, I often wonder if the, the seizure medication had a reducing effect on the B vitamins. I don't know, just like the Ritalin does on the sodium and potassium, but I haven't, haven't really investigated that to know for sure. But so basically on that kind of limited supplementation plan, the multi, the omega-3s, but it was a lot of omega-3s, the so three grams a day and the, all of the B vitamins, um, we were able to successfully uh, stop the seizure medications when he was 11. Um, I mean, I was just ticking down the time here, looking at my calendar. Okay, they said two years minimum, and like to the day, I went in and said, okay, what, what can we do? This is what I've been doing to nourish his brain. What can we do to try to thoughtfully, safely take him off of these medications? And, and we did, and we've never, he's never had another seizure, and that's been 11 years. So, um, yeah, those things, you know, I was going to say those things obviously wow. worked, but... You know, people, other people looking on the outside might say, well, he just grew out of them. But you know what? When you're in the middle of it, I, you just can't take that risk. You can't take that chance that you'll just hopefully it'll go away. You, I think you, need to, you just need to take some action. You just need to do whatever you can. Um, and so in this case, yes, omega-3s and B vitamins, they can't hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to be, that's going to be helpful. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Later on, I introduced magnesium and zinc and probiotics um, when, in my doing my research, um, I learned that most people with ADD have very low magnesium levels. Um, so I, I wanted to boost his magnesium. Um, many of them, most, have disordered copper levels. Um, and so the zinc helps to balance the copper out. Um, and then uh, we also did some genetic testing and we learned that he had a gene that made it harder for the probiotics to thrive in his gut. So I, I just wanted, and he, by the way, I didn't mention this, he was born C-section. So way back when, we didn't know about probiotics. And they're doing a lot of different things now mm. to try to um, inoculate the babies with their mom's probiotics. But back then, we didn't. And so, uh, you know, he kind of was at a deficit to begin with. And then he had this gene that doesn't allow the probiotics to proliferate so I wanted him to have more of those so um, I, I gave him all three of those kinds of things so I think it's also probably important to stress that um, we implemented a lot of other modalities other than just improving our diet and adding supplements um, and those really did have a, a really they played an important role in overcoming this um, I, I like to think of it as kind of like a three-legged stool um, where diet digestion and nutrition is uh, one of the key legs of that stool but uh, therapy um, uh, other kinds of uh, physical therapy occupational therapy that kind of thing has really been was very helpful and then you know the exercise piece um, we the kids were both very active on uh, various sporting teams so tennis and baseball basketball taekwondo football track and he even did swimming as a senior but um, you know all of those kinds of energy 
absorbing energy releasing activities were very helpful too and um, I will say I learned that kind of the, the well not the hard way but I uh, I kind of um, thought that we had really we had really nailed this um, and um, he was really hitting on all eight cylinders he was just really doing well um, and I didn't change anything except for the football season ended and uh, I saw a definite decline in his school performance um, so yeah, so we were, it was on all the same nutrition stuff. All we, you know, oh, he was just he was doing great, and and then it was just a it was a significant change. So, um, uh, you know, you, you, I I just want to encourage people not to necessarily put all your eggs in one basket. You know, we we used uh, an occupational therapist to help with the sensory processing, um, and we also in, had moved to kind of the Seattle area. And they have an uh, organization there called HANDLE, uh, which is the Holistic Approach to Neurodevelopment and Learning Efficiencies. Um, they really helped with a lot of the sensory issues. And then we also did some energy medicine. We had an amazing energy medicine practitioner who helped integrate the mind and the body um, together. And so that plus the exercise plus um, the nutrition, that all of that really really helped but I will say the even though we did a lot of those different things over the years the one thing if I could if it could just be one thing that people take away from this that had the biggest impact for us uh, where we could see a, a real dramatic improvement was when we worked with a naturopath um, and who helped us heal our son's leaky gut so um, this gets back to what we talked about earlier. She she really laid down the law when it came to an elimination diet, right? The one that I had, yeah, it was like, oh, <laughs> that's right, to the food, that's right. And you know, it's gonna have point, to do man, this, Mama. <laughs> man, we've been doing this. We've been chunking along, doing the best we can do for seven years. Um, and yes, I had been doing little bits and pieces, but I was just, like I said, I was just kind of playing at it. I really hadn't done it with any rigor. So. Um, she, you know, she said, let's do this elimination diet. And we agreed, um, the three of us on this talk, you know, this, this phone call, um, was that we would remove gluten, we would remove dairy, soy, sugar, and corn um, for a period of time. And then we, you know, we worked them back in to see if we could see any differences. Uh, but she also used homeopathics to heal candida, which I didn't even know he had. Um, um, and that can that you, do a gut test, soul you know he you know she was did you um, do a gut test she used test a different something? it wasn't a specific uh, mainstream kind of test that we we would use today um she, she I don't, i'm not quite sure how she ended up determining that but she she said that he had candida um and you know that's another thing is that you know often we we rely a lot on how we feel do we feel like uh, we have something uh, or how or if we can see it like if we can see a rash on our, our skin or something um, there are a lot of things internally going on that we don't have any idea that is there um, and and that's a thing with trying to to um, mm -hmm. convince quote-unquote convince people to take gluten out of your diet or dairy or sugar right it's like I feel fine you know I mean and you know, the yes. people that I think are the blessed ones are the ones that double over in pain when they do something that they shouldn't be or eat something they shouldn't be eating because 
their body is giving them a clear signal that that is that's harmful. But um, many of us kind of think, oh well, this is always the way I've been, and I don't mm -hmm. have any issues. Um, and a lot of the the reactions that we have are delayed reactions. They're not like immediate, not the anaphylactic kind of reactions that you definitely know it's linked to this thing you just put in your mouth. Um, you know, it can be many days um, or just the slow burn, this this underlying inflammation that's just always there. Um, so, um, so she addressed the candida and then we then we work to heal his leaky gut. Um, and your listeners are probably very aware of the concept of leaky gut, but um, it hasn't been until, for me anyway, recently that I heard somebody say, yeah, if you, you can pretty much count on it. If you have leaky gut, you're gonna have leaky brain. And I thought, oh my goodness, leaky brain? What's that? But basically, I know it does sound terrible. I don't want that. Um, that sounds but terrible. Basically, you know, everything's connected, right? Our brain isn't separate from our body. Um, and um, both the gut and the brain have very delicate tissues right. that are designed to be gatekeepers to what to let in and what not to. And if there's systemic inflammation and damage in one part of the body, there's going to be, makes sense. There's systemic inflammation and damage happening all over the body, including, including the brain. Um, and so, you know, the biggest problem is, is like I said, often you can't really feel that inflammation. You can't feel it in your brain. So people assume it's not there, but it's kind of a bit of an art to be able to link things like brain fog and memory issues and hyperactivity and mood swings and uh, educational issues and all that sort of thing to something that you ate days ago. Um, but in fact, you know, there really, really is that link. Um, and there's a lot, you know, where we saw the biggest benefit was when we healed those damaged tissues. Um, and it does take concerted effort, it took time, but it really gets to the root cause of the problem and it resolves it so that you're not just incrementally limping along um, and using more of a whack-a-mole approach, you know? Um, so when we got serious about his diet, uh, we addressed mm -hmm. an unknown infection, and we took the ne nutrients needed to heal his gut. Um, his attention span tripled. He went from being able to attend, oh, I know, it was a big wow. Um, he was able to wow. attend tasks for about 20 minutes prior. Uh, now it was an hour. Um, he seemed happier, more at ease. Um, his, his reading, he jumped from about four grade levels in one year. Um, oh. I know, and 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 I will say too, um, you know, we oh were using an amazing reading system for dyslexics designed for, specifically for that. But it was, you know, so there were again getting back to these different modalities. It's not just a. Okay, wait, what was it? Because everyone's gonna like. What oh, okay. Um, it's called. Okay, wait, what Barton. was it? Because everyone's gonna like. B a r t o n. The Barton reading system, and it it really is wonderful because it, it does for those okay. sensory kids it really allows um, the right and left hemispheres of the brain to talk to each other you do things you pull down tiles that have the letters on them so it's very tactile you're doing something with your right hand you're doing something with your left hand and again it's getting everything to work together um, but you know again and it, it could be a great system but if you're not if you can't focus for longer than 20 minutes, you're, you're not going to get very far. So all of this stuff 
really works together. You know, if we hadn't had this boost in his ability to pay attention and to, um, you know, increase in his motivation and that sort of thing, then this beautiful system wouldn't have worked as well. You know, so again, it's a, it's all integrated. Um, the other thing that happened is he grew five inches in, the, in about that year. But, um, you know, to be fair, it was about the time he was turning 13. Oh, wow. So his hormones probably had a lot to do with that growth part. But, but I'm telling you that the changes were dramatic. Um, so we had a lot of, lot of really wonderful, wonderful things that happened when we, when we really got to it and um, focused on his, his digestion and fixing that. I think that's really, I'm, I'm so glad the way that you're, you know, mm -hmm. you're unfolding the story because you could, I think a lot of moms mm -hmm. feel the same way. They, they want to, you know, they're overwhelmed by the diet piece. So they do kind of the whack-a-mole thing, like you were saying, like, well, let's do some mm -hmm. supplements, which is great and, you know, and helpful and can be helpful. But mm -hmm. um, when you really that's buckled down all came together. and address yep. the gut, and I, that's I really wish I had, really you know, came together. Looking back, I wish I would have known that then you know we we learned that the first thing that we learned in the nta is that you have to focus on the digestive system you know and you know it doesn't really make sense to most when you've got a brain issue you're like well i and that's what i did i focused on the brain here's the fish oil here's the magnesium here's the da -da 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 for the brain um but really you know um, the, the digestive system, um, if it's working suboptimally, then the whole body suffers. And, um, you know, it always starts with digestion because it holds the key to getting the nutrients into the body, um, as well as getting the toxins out. And so all of those things work together, you know, to, to have success. So if I had to do it, okay. Did your son, I'm sorry, did your son uh, have any digestive noticeable. issues no. at all? Mm -mm. I mean, no, nothing noticeable. Yeah. So again, like you said, like it's almost a blessing mm -hmm. if they do, mm -hmm. but, and I, so I'm just, I wanted to just say that because I know there's a lot of kids out there that probably, you know, don't have any noticeable yeah. digestive issues. And mm -hmm. so. Why am I doing this? This um, is painful. Yeah, mom wait, or dad might be painful. like, well, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't think we need mm -hmm. to. Yeah, why? This it's is painful. Why am I doing is. all of this? Because and, digestion. Um, even though is I've been the using key. the digestive enzymes that I mentioned earlier to help break down the food, and that's another thing. You know, you can put all sorts of supplements in and all sorts of fabulous foods, but if your body isn't digesting it, then you're wasting your time. And you're, 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 it's a pipe dream, really, that you think you're doing the right thing, yep. but it's really not fully breaking down into the pieces that your body can use, you know? Um, so, you know, like I said, even though I, I was using some digestive enzymes, that would be another thing that I would, uh, and I didn't really know then that, that that would be so significant, but, you know, it really does help to break down all those good foods that you're, um, that you're taking in. Um, so, um, there's another piece of this, you know, I, I did another, I was reading another book called, um, Is This Your Child? Um, and it was a book way back when I was first starting out, Dr. Doris Rapp. Um, her experience was that food sensitivities played a huge role in hyperactivity and inattentiveness. 
um, and being nervous or irritable, excitable children. So um, again, I would use the digestive enzymes, yes, but I would absolutely take those offending foods out um, because it just doesn't make sense to, to keep um, the irritants in the system. Um, you know, it's like pouring gasoline and water on a fire. You know, you're, you want the fire out, so let's, not, let's take the gasoline part out. Um, <laughs> that's not helping you, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, that's a good. No, and so by the most, and so you're, you're, you're saying uh, the yes. gluten, well, the dairy, and if I had to do it, I would say, you know, and the, and the uh, for us, dairy was the biggie, but um, dairy, gluten, and sugar. I mean, corn can be kind of problematic, soy too, but you know, uh, in the ranking of things, I think if you could just do three, uh, mm -hmm. it would be those, it would be those things. Um, just, we've got lots of information that says that it's delicious to yep. eat. Agreed. And you're attracted to them, and those opiates are doing their thing in your brain, but it's just not, it's just really counterproductive. So, uh, did you find that when you took those out, um, you, your did you find that when you took those out, um, did you, your sons, I mean, I guess they kind of have to, but was your son more open to yeah. other Ooh. foods? <laughs> you know, once you got that kind of yeah, that opiate you know, effect of hmm. the, the wheat um, and the dairy out, um, you have to be creative. <laughs> so when you do take those things out, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, what's, what's left here, you know? Um, <laughs> there is a lot left, that's the thing. It's just, it's easy, it's convenient to go to some of these uh, sandwiches or something that you can take on, a burrito you can take on the go, that kind of thing. Um, so you just have to, you know, you just have to expand your repertoire, eat some different things that you might not have eaten before, but um, really I focused on, and I would definitely, you know, um, recommend focusing on uh, the protein part, the protein aspects of it. Um, so lots of protein, lots of healthy fats, um, drinking pure water, um, all the veggies are great, you know, so fruit, things like that. Definitely limit the simple carbs, which, which again, I didn't really do. I went back in preparation for this talk, I went back and looked at my notes because I, I just kept copious notes about what we were doing from a sensory diet standpoint, from a nutrition, like a supplement, what did he eat, how is he feeling, what kind of, you know, all of that. See if I could kind of connect the dots. Um, and I, I was actually kind of stunned at what I, <laughs> what, what, you know, occasionally we would have. We had lots of sandwiches. Um, um, and one time out of a couple months worth of information, I, uh, I saw Fruit Loops for breakfast. So um, I just thought, oh my gosh, really? Did I really do that? But, um, you know, it wasn't often. But hindsight with your nutrition Absolutely. Brain. Oh my gosh. That's you your start to go into hindsight with your nutrition brain. Like, right, with your nutritional therapy brain. Mama, that was not the right thing to do. But anyway, it wasn't often. It was maybe it was a treat or something. I don't know. But um, you know, I would again if I knowing what I know now and what would I do what would I continue to do? I would continue to use the nutrients that I'd mentioned earlier, the the fish oil or the cod liver oil so nourishing to the brain it's 60 percent fat the brain um, and the the oils and the fats are what hold on to the minerals um, we need that you know and uh, we need those minerals those spark plugs mm. right we need all that electrical 
stuff going on in the brain to be to be working optimally. So that's part of what the fish oil does, and um, and the B vitamins, which actually just like the fish oil, has been shown to be as effective as Ritalin. So um, those those you know those are the biggies. Um, I think the one thing I wish I'd known more about back then, um, you know, was is the minerals piece. Um, and now I know about HTMA tests, which stands for hair tissue mineral analysis. And I would use that tool to, to determine what mineral status um, is of the body and whether or not also um, if there's any heavy metal toxicity. They also measure the heavy metals. Um, so, you know, even though I did eventually add magnesium to the supplements we were taking because it's such a critical nutrient for the body as a whole and it has a really lovely calming effect, especially for ADHD kiddos, um, I would add magnesium and zinc right at the very beginning. Um, did you did you know that there's a specific mineral pattern that's often associated with ADD? I did not. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Malter, who specializes in I hair mineral it. testing, he's done thousands of tests. Um, he's seen a consistent pattern of too little calcium and magnesium, so they have low calcium magnesium, and they have higher levels of the of the, the sodium and the potassium in learning def deficient and ADD, ADHD kids. Um, so other studies have also verified that, and they found that magnesium in general were, were all kind of deficient in magnesium, but for kids that have ADD, they're 72 to 96 percent of them have deficient uh, magnesium. So that's interesting. It's something I wish I would known earlier, and I would put magnesium in right away. So one one of the other things uh, also about if people are considering that's using Ritalin or maybe your children are already on um, Ritalin, those stimulant medications tend to reduce magnesium. So um, if you decide to go that route, I would definitely increase the amount of magnesium that the kids get. And one of the greatest ways to do it for, for, for anybody, but kids especially, is to have them soak in a Epsom salts bath at night. The magnesium in the Epsom salts um, can soak into the skin and, and you, you can also add some calming essential oils like lavender or something might help them with um, you know, better sleep. So. I think the other thing that I would probably wish I'd known was the vitamin D, um, you know, getting out into the sun more, um, adding some more vitamin D, and once you get their vitamin D levels measured. Um, a book that, I, for me, it just recently was published, published in 2017, but I wish I had had it um, back then, was that um, it's called Finally Focused by Dr. Greenblatt, and uh, he is an integrative psychiatrist, I think. But he, so he does, he can work with medications, but boy, he is really all about what we're talking about here. He's all about doing other things before you get to that point. And in that book, he, he noted that about 50% of the general population is deficient in vitamin D, but ADHD kids were 33 to 41% lower than the average. Um, wow. Yeah. And vitamin D helps with mood, you know, because it helps to create wow. serotonin, feel good neurotransmitter. But it also helps something called sensory gating, which means that it can help people decide which stimuli is important and which can be ignored. And a lot of people with the ADD have difficulty with this one. You know, everything captures their attention. So they end up jumping from one thing to the next. So, um, so vitamin D, you know, would help with that. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's probably one other thing, oh, I guess, or maybe two, but um, sleep. And I've heard you speak on your podcast a lot about sleep. Um, and oh my goodness, that is just so, it was something that I, I wish I would have maybe made more of a priority. It was definitely something we tried to do, um, get lots of sleep. And we could with the, the um, homeschooling schedule, you know, we could, we could, sleep till eight instead of getting up at six and trying to catch the bus and all of that. Um, but um, something that they've just kind of discovered recently, um, have you heard about Glymph? G-L-Y-M-P-H, Glymph? Yes, the glymph, you know, it's it's similar to yeah. the lymph fluid oh, in the, our the lymphatic system. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. they didn't think that the like uh, lymph, the but it's in your brain, lymph, mm -hmm. um, like a lymph system. But they, it really does, and it's called glymph, and it does the same thing that the lymphatic system does. It takes the trash out. It kind of, you know, puts it's a it's a liquid that it can put this anything that you don't need uh, into, and then it and then it gets out of the body. But it works at night, you know, during deep sleep. Um, our brain cells constrict by a third, you know, so it goes from a whole cell down to two thirds and that pushes out the glymph fluid, which has the toxins or anything else that the brain doesn't want. Um, and so essentially you're washing your brain at night and it's cleansing and restoring it. Um, so to say it's critical to prioritize sleep and develop good sleeping habits is like, it's a no-brainer. That's one that, <laughs> that you really, yeah. really need to put some effort toward. Um, and, and then yes. I guess to say, finally, uh, the thing that I'm probably most excited about, um, but I wish I'd been aware of back then, is something called um, amino acid therapy. And um, amino acids are um, the building blocks of neurotransmitters, the, these, these chemicals that um, transfer information. Um, but they're also what proteins break down into, uh, which is why increasing protein in a diet uh, was important to do. Um, but anyway, neurotransmitters are the brain chemicals that send the messages throughout the brain, like dopamine and serotonin, uh, GABA, that kind of thing. Um, so if I was trying to help my kids overcome ADD or anxiety or depression even, um, one of the first things I'd do is get a neurotransmitter test to see what those various levels of those brain chemicals are. And then I'd use amino acids to boost the levels up if they were low. And it can be, it can have almost an immediate effect on countenance. Uh, like, I mean, sit and put a capsule under your tongue and within moments you can feel calm or you can, um, you know, you can have a sense of motivation. Um, so I, I'm all for anything that you, if you can get a quick win and feel better quickly, that's great. But that's not where you can, that's not where you ha can stay. You can't just stand on that. You've got to continue to work on all the other things that we've been talking about, you know, to really get to the root cause of the issue. But, you know, I'm all for let's, let's do what we can mm -hmm. to try to make people feel better, but let's keep digging. Let's keep, let's keep working to really put this, nail this one down. Um, and I would, I would recommend a good resource for that amino acid therapy is a book called uh, The Mood Cure by Julia Ross. And, um, and I, you know, I, I think people would find that fascinating and something that might be helpful for, um, you know, uh, like I said, a quick win, something that they can, they can do that you can see re uh, results pretty quickly.
told us that's about it. <laughs> that is awesome. That is fantastic. Um, now, I, that is awesome. That is fantastic. Um, I was going to, I was going to oh, say, I know that. Oh my gosh, I need help <laughs> with, uh, with all of this. But you, um, and there's another reason I wanted to have you on today is because mm -hmm. you do work, um, you do work mm -hmm. with one-on-one -on -one clients and help people through this and all brain, um, um, specializing kind of in nutri nutritional therapy for everything yes, having to absolutely. do with the brain. Yeah. So pe people could absolutely contact you, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Okay, because you, yeah. you work with people I really, I really, in person, but also you know, virtually. I really do. This, this, you know, we started out with okay. God's plan, right? Um, and I'm, I thought I had it kind of figured out why he called me to homeschool, which is because I, you know, my, he knew my kids were going to have these issues and that I would have that time to, to figure it out for them. Um, and I thought that that was, that was it. That was the deal. But I think I think I'm beginning to realize now that it's actually not that the uh, that's not the end of the story here. I'm kind of bringing it around full circle to to reach out to the people that have are on that path that I was on um, and and to 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 bring them along more quickly. You know, it took it took that 13 years plus to to get where we were and we were successful and I'm so grateful and so thankful for that. Um, but what I would have really been grateful and thankful for is somebody that could could say, let's do this first, this will really help the most, and then let's work on these other things. Um, I, you know, I was, I didn't have that, and I just, oh, I wish I had. But um, bottom line is, I think God can use all of these things for good, right? He's, he makes beauty from ashes. He, he allows people to go through things so that they can... Mm -hmm reach back exactly. to to uh, share their information with other people and I'm, I'm just really so hopeful that that um, people have heard things here that they can take and use themselves right now um, and be helped that way as well so well now that you have all of the well, now that you have all of the uh, dietary things, down, I have to ask you the anchor questions. And what is your, <laughs> what is, what is your go-to anchor meal these days? I actually have just been uh, made aware of this thing. Um, it's called an egg roll in a bowl. Um, Oh man, it's so good. I hadn't really ever heard oh, much about yes. it, but I'll tell you what, I keep wanting to make it every week, you know? It's it's really easy. Um, I've got the recipe right in front of me, but it's you can use any kind of um, protein that you have on hand. It's one of those kind of kitchen sink things to me, I think, or, or refrigerator deals to me. Um, you can, you know, use beef or chicken or shrimp or any kind mm -hmm. of... Uh, um, Leftover, like I said, leftover chicken or any kind of uh, protein, uh, plus whatever vegetables you feel like. Anything you have in the fridge you want to get used through, or and then you put this lovely oriental gingery sauce on top and some crunchy almonds or something. Um, and I, I often actually instead of just eating it out of the bowl, we we use it as a filling of a lettuce wrap, um, and kind of like the the lettuce wraps. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, it's really it it's rolls. it's really good. I, I'm, I oh, make that all the time. So. so good. That is a popular dish um, here as well. That mm -hmm. is a popular mm -hmm. dish um, 
here mm. as well. My whole family yeah, likes absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, I have one other thing that I would say it, um, that might be kind of fun, and I wonder it, if you, so. you do this too. It's, um, it's yeah. a dessert. Uh, it's called chocolate avocado pudding. Have you ever had that? Oh, gosh. Ooh, see? Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. We do it for breakfast because I'm like, why? I'm like, why not? I mean, it's better. I mean, this chocolate avocado pudding Absolutely. is better than and healthier than 95% of what America's eating. So we will have chocolate pudding for breakfast. creamy fat. And you've got cacao powder and a little bit of raw honey and, you know, melted dark chocolate. Anyway, it's, oh, it's, it's really good. And it's, and it, very full of all things wonderful. So that's another thing that. I think that's a great way to send your kids off to school. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think that's yeah. a great way to send your kids off to school for the yeah, day. Yeah, you're not, you know, we didn't really touch on this, but you know, I think I've brain. heard a lot of uh, teachers really complain about the 10 o'clock slump for the kids, you know, that maybe had um, a quick uh, go-to breakfast, like a cereal with some, a toast and orange juice or something and it really spikes the blood sugar um, and then they just have that crash when they, they can't are really not very productive in in school so the, the goal is to you know have as many healthy fats and proteins that don't don't rock your boat on on the blood sugar um, so that you can sustain your energy and your attention I've often wondered yeah because I've often wondered if, you know, um, ADHD is overdiagnosed mm -hmm. due to blood sugar dysregulation, you know, just simply um, in some cases, if, you know, uh, absolutely dietarily, it's going to help whether it's an official diagnosis or not. But, you know, I think there's a lot of behaviors mm -hmm. of this, you know, inability to focus and moodiness mm -hmm. or, you know, this crashing and all of all of these things that also are Absolutely. part of um, having dysregulated blood sugar and mm -hmm. so there, you know there's so many things here to try and and just knowing all of this I hope that um, you know parents are aware mm -hmm. that you know there's there are things to try here before going to medication or maybe you mm -hmm. end up doing it um, uh, you know together um, with medication mm -hmm. but it gives you a regardless nutritional therapy is going to optimize <clears throat> the situation to really, to for really sure. be successful and you know, you're right. Uh, uh, one thing yeah, I remember absolutely. the occupational therapist shared with me, and it was kind of an aha thing. I'd never really thought about it in this way, but uh, kids with sensory processing disorder or ADHD, they are always under stress. They are constantly living in a state of elevated stress, an elevated, especially kids with um, the, the sensory issues because they're, they're, um, they're very sensitive to to those sense, sensing kinds of things. They're waiting, you know, they're just wondering when the next thing is gonna happen to them that they, they can't handle, you know? Um, and so they are really calling on those adrenals mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to help them get through the day. And so, like you were saying, you know, as the adrenals, as, or as you know, we know from our training and we can help other people understand too, is that, you know, as you continually call on your adrenals to give you those hormones that can you can withstand the stress. It also releases the the sugars in your um, in your muscles and in your liver to rise to that occasion. So I think I think you're right. You know, on the blood sugar piece is that the kids are constantly under under stress. Um, 
you know, and the kids with ADD, you know, they, they know that maybe they're not doing what people want them to do, and that's stressful, and they feel, maybe they feel badly about themselves, that, that's stressful, and I'm sure they wonder, you know, what, what their futures are going to be like, and that's stressful, you know. Um, so um, all of those things really kind of combine to, to mm -hmm. keep that blood sugar up anyway, and then you, um, you know, you have those, those blood sugar issues. So I think you're right. I think it does really probably play a pretty key role in, in ADHD and ADD. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, okay, well, what about an Oh, anchor my. You know, the one that I just I, I go to, I, I went through two every day <laughs> um, as we were going through this whole thing. It's, it's helped me through and sustained me through every tough situation in my life, and it's it's the one we probably all know, but I, I consider it my life first, and it's Philippians 4, 6 and, six and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, that's what, oh, I think that's what we all are wanting here, you know, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and mm -hmm. I was anxious a lot, um, you know, uh, I still trusted God, I still knew He was in charge, and He had me on this journey for a reason, but but I tell you, you know, you, you, you look at your little kiddo and you and you wonder what is their life going to be like if I can't we can't figure this out what is their future going to be and that that just gives you a little you know oomph in your in your anxious meter um, and so it's really important to, to to continue to take it to God and and ask him for a guidance and help and give you what you need to to help them along so that's a goodie that's one I can Absolutely. Yep. That's always a goodie. Amen to that. Well, Holly, where can um, where can everybody find you if they were interested in um, you know asking more questions or seeking you out for one-on-one um, um, They could always help send me an email where could they go? Um, to Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, at, and my business name is Cornerstone Nutrition, LLC.com. That's where you could you know, send me a quick note. Um, and I'm also <laughs> putting the finishing touches on my website, which is cornerstonenutritionllc.com. Uh, so those would be two places to, to check out and to connect. Okay. Excellent. And uh, we will put a lot of this stuff in the mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Excellent. And I, we will put a lot of this stuff in the show notes, everybody. A lot of these books and things that um, Holly referred to today. So you can check that out at uh, thechristiannutritionist.com. Oh, yes. This was wonderful. Um, thanks Holly, for, thank you thanks so for reaching out and, so and asking me to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm I know. really thankful that you did. And I'm glad that um, you know we got, got some of this information out there. I hope so. I hope it helps you, my friends. Yeah, I think it's going to help so a lot of people. I hope it helps you, my friends, and I'm so grateful to you for listening, and I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon.
one, remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.